A few nights ago, uh, we gathered all together to celebrate the nativity of our Lord Jesus. Deeply human, gritty even. It's the story of God arriving in unexpected places, drawing near to us. Well, each year after the first Sunday, on the first Sunday of after Christmas, we read the prologue to the Gospel of John. It's a favorite of mine. And I sort of imagine uh, all of us at the Nativity together. We're on Google Maps, if you will, and we're, we're fully zoomed in on this manger scene. And John comes over, he comes over, he says, hey, let me show you something. Come on, come on. And he starts to zoom out. First, you see the whole region, right? You see all of uh, Israel. And then all of the Mediterranean world, and then the Northern Hemisphere. And ultimately, as you go back and back and back, all of the earth, a blue-green globe set against the stars. And then he continues. He keeps going backwards, and, and we see the Milky Way before us. And finally, the whole of the universe moving like a tide outward. And then John whispers, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As if to say, look here, this little baby in the manger that we're all zoomed in on, he is the word of God, the word that was with God in the beginning of everything, and nothing came into being without him. You see, he, this little child, is that light, the light and life of men. Now, John doesn't give us an account of Jesus' birth. Instead, he takes us on this grand cosmic stage and sets the scene for the importance of the word made flesh. And John, over and over again, just assumes you already know the story of Jesus. Um, in fact, the gospel of John doesn't really make sense unless you have read some of the other gospels. But he wants us to see the greater theological importance of what is happening here of God with us, our Emmanuel. The prologue to John could be an entire sermon series, um, but I just want to focus on the images of life and light this morning. At the heart of John's gospel, he shows us God becoming flesh and that this reality is both radically old and radically new. That Jesus coming to be with us is radically old and radically new. Jesus is the divine word that creates and sustains all things, which makes life possible for all of creation. Not just in the beginning, but now. Paul puts it this way in Colossians, which I think is a, a wonderful text to pair with uh, John 1. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and authorities. All things were created through him and 
before him, all things. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. In him, all things hold together. Not only is Christ the creator of all things, but the sustainer of all things. Even now, Christ's advent into the world is the revelation of something that has already always existed, but was not perceived by the world. He is the life of the world. The world would not be at all without the word. Even in our very breath right now, he is radically old. But the world is blind to him. But in the person of Jesus and the incarnate word, we have something radically new as well. Jesus is the word divine life made flesh. The invisible made visible for us. I want you to to picture something. Imagine that you are in pitch blackness. You can't see anything. And you have to make your way through what seems like a maze of aisles in order to find the light switch. And you hear a voice, a word spoken in the dark. And finally, after listening to this word, you feel someone come and take your hand. And in that instant, you realize that you are no longer in total darkness. You can see as if through a glass darkly. But more importantly, the hand and the voice guide you. The incarnation is just like this. The incarnation is like God taking us by the hand revealing himself to us more fully than ever before, so that when we couldn't see, he took hold of us. The same one who calls us by his voice and who has been calling us by the word that we see through all of the prophets, that same word comes to be with us, to take hold of us. Jesus is the fullest revelation of who and what God is and is all about. And Jesus tells us that the light shines into the darkness, but that the darkness did not overcome it. And that word for overcome literally means like to grasp or to seize something. And it gives it two meanings for us. One, to grasp violently, right? To apprehend something. But it also means to understand something. And our own English word to grasp, like I just can't grasp that idea, has the same kind of double connotation. To grasp is to understand, but also to grasp something. I think John intends both meanings for us. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome the light. But it also does not understand the light. The sun comes into the world he created, and they don't understand him. And indeed, they try to kill him. They do kill him. Jesus is the life of men. And when they trust him, the light illumines the darkness, even if imperfectly this side of eternity, as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 13. And this, the self-revelation of God in creation, is radically new. This opens up broad and beautiful new vistas for us to have relationship with the Lord. 
to be known and to know the Lord in a brand new way because of this redeeming act of God in Christ. And so this morning, I, I just, as we revisit this text, one that we've heard before, one that is so deep and rich, I just wanted to bring out a couple of takeaways here, showing what this might mean for us. One, Christ stands at the center of God's revelation. Reading and interpreting scripture is important and at times difficult work. But there is a reason why the Gospels, why we as Anglicans read the Gospels so much. Why they have such an important role in our liturgy each week. In the person of Jesus, we have the clearest picture of God's character. In his life, death, and resurrection, we find the fruition of what came before and the foundation of what comes after in terms of the books of the Bible. And so as Christians, we should regularly turn, daily turn to the words and the life of Jesus. They should be the center that we come back to again and again and again. They should be the thing that forms our imagination. The word is living and active through the Holy Spirit in us, and we should turn to the person of Jesus as a constant source of clarity about how we see and encounter God in the world. Abiding with Jesus opens up revelation, not just in scripture, but in our daily lives. It is abiding with Jesus that we have the capacity to discern, indeed, the courage to discern what God is doing in our lives, because he has come to be with us to hold our hand as we walk with him. So that's one. Jesus stands at the center of God's revelation. Two, in Jesus, we have a God who understands us. In Jesus, we have a God who understands us. I know I say this all the time, but it's because it's of supreme, supreme importance, especially when so many of us are experiencing heartache and longings and anxiety and fear during this season. Jesus knows what it's like to be lonely, to be scared, to be discouraged, to be rejected and grieved. He knows temptation, supreme and unrelenting temptation. He knows darkness even as the light. And that means that when you're in so much pain that you just can't think, you can sit and in the stillness of God's presence be fully known and fully understood in a way that no other person can fully understand you. So two, we have a God who understands us. Three, God wants all of you, all of us. The message of the gospel is not one for your heart and your soul or spirit, but not your gut and your hands. Jesus took on all of it. 
And you either call him Lord with all of it, your gut to your toes to your head, your whole body, mind, and soul, or you don't at all. You can't partition your life out, this part belonging to God, and this part, ultimately, ultimately, I'm the one who calls the shots on. When God becomes flesh to be with us, it is the ultimate affirmation of our whole humanity. All that we are, and all that we have, and all that we can become in Jesus. We are not just minds floating in a vat someplace, right? We are people created in God's image, and that includes our physical reality. And right now, that is very difficult to do, to worship God with everything we have because of our disembodied virtual lives. But as Anglicans, this truth animates our sacramental vision of the world. It ignites our passion for movement and beauty, and moral clarity about how we should use and act in our bodies. So three, God wants all of you. And four, the light that shines into the darkness, the light shines into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. It can feel very difficult to follow Christ in our current cultural moment, especially perhaps in Boston. And that is a real challenge for every avenue of our lives. Professional lives, familial lives, raising our children. We find ourselves having to be increasingly wise and discerning about how to reveal and when the reality of our Christian identity to those around us. But we should not lose hope. We come by our strangeness, honestly. We should not expect, we should expect many to misunderstand and to reject us, just like they did to Jesus. And we, like Christ, can pursue them in love anyway. But when it seems less, least likely, when it seemed least likely, the darkness never overcame the light. And it never will. Friends, the good news of Christmas is that God takes us by the hand. He leads us home to himself. And in the person of work of Jesus, we have the ultimate revelation of God's own self that we can come back to time and time again. We have the ultimate understanding of our brokenness when he comes alongside us. We have the ultimate affirmation of our bodily lives. And finally, the assurance that the light that shines into the world, the life of the world, will never die out. In the beginning was the word, and he will be the end as well.